0: middle of our Christmas series, I started talking about it last week, about Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't it wonderful that God isn't just around us, but he's in us? That each one of us have Emmanuel, God, inside of us. If we love Jesus, if we claim to follow him, uh, then we have Emmanuel inside of us. Uh, today, I want to continue on, and I want to talk from uh, a wonderful prophecy in the same vein that Isaiah did 700 years before. Jesus was born, talking about the names that Jesus would be called. And it's, it's really interesting, this whole idea of names. Names are really interesting, right? Because you don't get to choose what you're called, right? Your parents just call you your name. Now, I know a lot of people here in the Philippines don't use their real name, and it's highly frustrating When you get to meet people and you see their name written down, but then they have a whole new name. When I first started the church, we would have people write down, I would do all the new people cards in the church for everyone, and someone would write down their name, you know, uh, uh, Edgar Fernandez, and I'd call up, and I'd try and look for an Edgar and be like, oh, no, 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 my name is Edgar, but you can call me John. I'm like, what? what's the connection? It's not even a nickname, right? It's just different. But names are powerful. Us parents have so much control of what our children will be called and what we speak over our children their whole life, right? We have three children. I've got uh, two girls, Hope and Sienna. And Hope was a wonderful name that my wife Kate always wanted to call a daughter, and I liked it. I think it's nice. Hope. We came to the Philippines with Hope. She was one years old, bringing Hope to the Philippines. Wow, so nice, right? Uh, her name's Hope. Her second name is Milani. It doesn't. It's. It's. It. it, it kind of means favored. We found one website that said it means favored, so we're gonna go with that. But it's just a beautiful name, Milani. My, my second girl, Sienna. Sienna, what a beautiful name, right? Sienna. People in the Philippines call her Shena. Shena. It's actually Sienna. It's Sienna, and that means this wonderful meetings, It means uh, reddish brown. That's what it means—the color reddish brown. So the meaning sucks, but the name is beautiful, Sienna. But her middle name is Brave right? I called her brave. I wanted her to be brave. And I've regretted that decision ever since she was born, but she's brave. Then there's my son, right? This is a big one. Cause now this is my son because my two daughters, I love my two daughters, but one day they will leave me and another man will have to take care of them and pay for them and take care of them and pay for them. But my son, my son, he shall carry my name forth through the generations right? And so his middle name was always going to be James because my middle name is Christopher after my father. So it's kind of a tradition. So I want to name him after me. You know, it's narcissistic, but it's cool. I just want to, (laughs) let's be real about it. Especially if someone names him junior, how narcissistic is junior? (laughs) You are me, but junior, right? So his middle name is James, but, but in my spirit, I really, And, and our first two names, I'll be honest. We kind of prayed about it. You know, some people are like, I prayed and God gave me the name of our child, right? And it's like, wow, that didn't really happen. There wasn't this God moment, but I really prayed for my son and I, I couldn't escape this idea that I wanted to call him lion, like the animal, the, the king of the jungle, the, the leader, lion. And I really, and I, tr- and I talked to Kate. I tried to convince Kate, let me call him lion, please. I want to call him lion. But the problem was is that because his middle name is James, what you always have to do when you name someone is you've got to say out their full name, right? Have you ever seen the movie Meet the Parents? You'll know what I'm talking about, right? You've got to say the full name out. And so I started to say the full name. Lion, James, Aiton. The, the problem is I'm, I'm from Australia, and in Australia they kind of run words together a lot, and they kind of say things like, Lion... Becomes Lion. And so as I began to say it out, I figured for the whole of his life, people were gonna call him Lion James Ayton. And selfishly, I didn't want to have to endure that for myself. I don't care about him. I don't want my name tarnished. Do you, Lion James Aiton, take this beautiful, wonderful woman to be your wife? No, what? Why? Why? Uh, that makes me look bad on my son's wedding day. I don't want to look bad on my son. So I'm in the shower one day. I'm show- not it cool? God speaks to you in the shower sometimes. Does he speak? It's like as you're physically cleaning yourself spiritually, you're getting cleansed as well. And, and so I'm just, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, God, what, I really want to call him Lion, but I don't want to do that to myself. And then all of a sudden the name Aslan, it came in my head. And I thought that's It's amazing. Some of you may not know, but Aslan is the main character of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, written by C.S. Lewis. It's just beautiful. It's one of the best characters ever created, fictional character. He is the Christ representation. And you know what's amazing as well? Kate and I were youth pastors for 10 years. So you know what that means? Every time you say a name, we have a memory of a terrible kid in our youth group with that same name. And so it's hard for us to pick names for our children because we remember all oh, that terrible kid, right? So, Aslan, no one ever been caught. I quickly got on the internet. I said, Is there anyone famous called Aslan? And apart from the lion in, in the movie, there wasn't. Here's what was even better I looked up what the meaning of Aslan was. Do you know what the meaning of Aslan is? C.S. Lewis didn't create the name, it's the Turkish name for lion. So my son is a lion. He's not lying, but he's a lion. So now my son's name is Aslan James Aiton. Isn't that lovely? Not Aiton, but Aiton, Aslan James. What you get called your name, it's important. Isaiah prophesies, right? This beautiful, beautiful, incredible prophecy in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And he says this, for For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isn't this an incredible prophecy? These are his names, and as he prophesied it, people are starting to look for a person that could carry all these names, but as you would well know, it's impossible for any human being to carry each one of these names, right? Maybe they could carry one of them. Maybe they could be a counselor, but to carry all four of these amazing names needed someone that was not natural, but supernatural. It needed someone who was born of a virgin straight from heaven. It needed someone who could actually carry the government upon their shoulders. No one... In history before or since has been able to hold each one of these titles other than Emmanuel, Jesus God with us and isn't Jesus wonderful isn't he just wonderful, I, I was thinking today, this week as I was writing and I got to this point in my sermon and I was going through it and I, and I had it written, isn't Jesus wonderful, and I looked up at the sky. I was in a room. I looked up at the roof and I said, Jesus, you really are wonderful that you would leave heaven to come down to this mess of an earth that humanity made a mess, not God. Humanity made a mess of this earth and you came down for me. Isn't that amazing? Don't we just have an incredible Savior? He's not a statue just sitting on a wall. He's a loving Savior that was, when he was born, when he was a teenager, when he was an adult, when he was hanging on that cross, when he was hanging on that cross, he was thinking about you and he was thinking about me. That's how amazing our Jesus is. And I love this prophecy of Isaiah because in each of these four names that he gives Jesus, that he will be called, it shows us a different aspect of Jesus's character. Let's go through them. The first one today is wonderful counsel. Every time I say, I love the word wonderful. Oh, isn't he wonderful? I don't know why, but every time I say the word, I feel like I have to put on a British accent and say, isn't that good? Oh, it's wonderful. I just... I love to say that word. And nowadays, we kind of use this word as as like a, you know, oh, is it a good day? Oh, it's been a wonderful day. You know, oh, is what a wonderful song. Did you all love Tito Joel before? What a wonderful uh, Christmas sweater that he's wearing across his chest. What a wonder, right? We kind of use this word. It's wonderful. It kind of means nice. But this word, wonderful counselor, right? The original Hebrew for this word wonderful is this word called pele. And it's not just trying to say something nice about a person or a situation. This word, the description of this word, it's this very descriptive, it's this wonder. It's an astonishment. It's kind of a... (gasps) Have you ever been astonished before? Do you like magic? I love magic. Not the crazy you know, black witch magic, like, (gasps) what, the church, wow, they've got Christmas trees in church, we're gonna worship magic, no, we're not, everyone calm down, I mean, like, like, kids magic, have you ever been in a magic show, and they do a magic show, and the kids, they don't know what happened, the rabbit just appeared, what's their face, (gasps) have you ever seen that, am I the only one that loves magic, you know, someone asked me, what would you do if you weren't a preacher? I say three things. Number one, I would be obviously a professional model. Um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, num- number, number two, maybe a comedian as well, but I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I'd be clean enough to be a comedian. And number three, I'd love to be a magician. I'd love to do magic. I'd tried to learn magic tricks because I love the wonder, the astonishment. When you do a magic trick and the rabbit appears out of nowhere and that little child or even that gullible adult looks at him and goes oh. You know what I'm talking about? You know that wonder? Oh. That is what this word means. Get it. Get it. Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Oh. Now, now, in the Philippines, sometimes we, we get used and familiar to the story of Jesus because he's everywhere. He's on crosses. He's on buildings. He's on that jeepney driving through. Right? Jesus is all over the place. And so, so sometimes we become over-familiar with Jesus, and we lose the wonder of, oh, he loves me. He chose me. This is Jesus. He's wonderful. And Jesus lived many, Moments in his life. Born a virgin. Wow. Astonishment. Right? His first miracle, he turned water into wine. Wow. Astonishment. He had the power to heal sicknesses and disease. Blind eyes open. Wow. He had the power to cast out demons. Mark chapter 125 says this, but Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed and threw the man into a convulsion and then came out. Listen, here we go, verse 27. Amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Jesus was the original viral trend he was viral before TikTok. He was viral. He created them. Could you imagine the people when he cast out demons? They wouldn't just be like, oh, Oh, another one. They would be like, wow. The Bible says amazement gripped their hearts. Amazement. This is how wonderful Jesus is. And then counselor. Oh, what an amazing two titles to put together. He's not just wonderful. He's not just a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. In the Old Testament, in ancient Israel, counselor was portrayed as, as a wise king. Someone like Solomon, full of wisdom, full of love, guiding his people. And Jesus is able to guide his people because he's qualified like no human counselor is. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2, it says this, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus, all the treasures, all the wisdom, all the knowledge is found in Jesus But notice this, it says that it's hidden. Do you know why it's hidden? Because Jesus wants us to find it in him. Jesus wants us to chase after him. That's what's beautiful about Christmas, because it aligns our heart. We've been busy all year. We've been focusing on everything else. But Christmas is a time where we go, why are we here? It's Jesus. We align, we find him. How does a wonderful counselor affect us today? Well, a wonderful counselor gives us wisdom and love in and, and, and a way that we are in awe of. And do you know how we do that? We do that through the Bible. Do you know how many mistakes people would avoid if they just did what the Bible said? Do you know why our world is descending more and more and more and more into chaos? Do you want to know why? Because we are moving away from the moral code of the Bible. In the Bible, in Jesus, we find absolute truth, but in the world now, we have people going away from absolute truth and going with their own truth. This is my truth. This is what I identify as. This is how I feel, and we're moving away from the absolute truth of the word of God. There is advice in the Bible for every decision that you must make, whether it's large, whether it's small. There's wonderful counsel in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. It's a famous scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But in all your ways, so many people go through so many trials and situations where they just don't know what to do. And they come to church and they're like, But I'm a Christian. Things should be easier. Well, my question is this: have you submitted to Jesus in all your ways? Or do you just submit to him on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon in church? because if you don't submit to him in all your ways in your heart in your mind in your finances in your thoughts in your futures in your plans in your speech in your actions if you don't ad- admit to him submit to him in all your ways that he cannot make your paths straight his plans should leave us in awe and wonder as he guides us in his ways as i've looked back over my life i can tell you that i am in awe and wonder how god has directed and guided me the people that he helped me avoid the mistakes that he helped me get over the lessons he taught me through the things that I did the plans the the people that he's brought in The, the moments of hopelessness where all of a sudden an answered prayer happened I've looked back and I can see the hand of God and I am in amazement. The fact that I am here today preaching to you today, there are people in my life that would be in awe and amazement that I'm standing before you as your pastor because they knew me before Jesus. Come on, anyone thankful for the blood of Jesus that covers all your sin? Come on, anybody. I know some of you, you should be more grateful. I know your past, you were terrible people. Aren't you glad for Jesus? that he's so beautiful and wonderful. I'm in awe and amazement of what God has done in my life. In this child born to us, we find a wonderful counselor. The next thing he says is, Isaiah calls him a mighty God. Oh, the baby born in the manger is not just the son of God. He is also God the son. You got to understand that. He's not just the son of God. He is God, the Son. All the fullness of God dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mighty, the Hebrew word for mighty used here is a Hebrew word called gabor, which means the strong one, a powerful, valiant warrior. So the term mighty God is actually a military title. He is the God who will fight for his people. As the wonderful counselor, he makes the plans, but as the mighty God, he makes the plans work. Come on, someone say amen to that. There in this little baby born in this stable is all the strength and the might of deity, the power of God in those tiny little fists, his strength, which was divine, the omnipotence of God at his command, Everything he desires, he's able to achieve. And that's what's amazing about Christmas is that we are celebrating a mighty God, the birth of God in flesh. We're not celebrating a teacher. We're not celebrating a prophet or a fictional story. But we are celebrating God himself born in this stable. And I can see why people are trying to get rid of Christmas. They're trying to diminish Christmas to happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. We're trying to just make it a nice day focused around friends and family. Can I tell you, never lose the focus of what Christmas is. The devil is trying so hard to bring the focus of Christmas off Jesus. He's trying to put it on Santa Claus, on presents. He's even trying to put it on your family. But can I tell you, Christmas is coming around the reason for the season, which is Jesus Christ. He is God with us. And the devil wants us to not remember him because he wants us to forget his might and his power. Because every person in this room, every person listening online, we all need a mighty God. I don't know about you, but I got stuff going on. I got giants. I got Goliaths in my life. And I do not need a weak God. I do not need a statue. I do not need a God that I have to give gifts to in order to somehow, hopefully, on high, he will hear me. No, I need a mighty God who loves me, who cares for me, who is a wonderful counselor to me. But also, he is mighty. He is powerful. There is nothing that is too difficult for our God. First John chapter four, verse four, you little children are from God and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Whatever you got going on, you have a mighty God that wants to fight for you. You got relationship issues. You have a mighty God that wants to fight for you. Financial issues. Come on. Who here needs some breakthrough in your finances? Put up your hand. Put up your hand. I'm putting up my hand. A mighty God will fight for you in Jesus name. You got stuff going on? We serve a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. He healed my body. He t- Is that the same song? Did I, just, did I just take two songs? I just did a, a medley together. My Gary V got me all going. I, I'm just... What a mighty God. How to know. Uh... What a mighty God we serve, Amen. Amen. Man, when the enemy comes against you, you need to claim that Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. Greater. I've got a mighty God, not a weak God. I I sometimes hate I sometimes hate the, the image that we have of Jesus with the little sheep on His head, you know, the little sheep around His shoulders, because it just makes Jesus look just like hi, like this is you know I'm the great shepherd. I kind I like I. Mighty God, I like Jesus turning over the tables in the temple. How dare you desecrate my father's house? Going to Indiana Jones, whipping everybody, right? Yo, you don't serve a weak Jesus. Can I just tell you that? You do not serve a weak Jesus. He is is not weak. Yeah, but he was crucified. He allowed himself to be crucified. At any moment, he could have called down 10,000 angels to come, but he didn't. That shows the true strength of a man. That he withheld the power that was available to him. That is a mighty God. Whatever you're going through today, we have a mighty God that we serve. You know what else Isaiah said? He called him an everlasting father. You know, the original Hebrew in this, it can be translated simply as this the father of eternity. This is beautiful. God is not in time, he's out of time. He's in, out, around, he created time. And uh, he is eternally our father. And like a good God, a good father, he cares about us. He owns eternity, so he has the ability to give us eternal life. And we need an everlasting father because a dead Christ is useless to us. Listen to me. A dead Christ is do you, do you Do you understand the only reason why we're here is because Jesus rose from the grave. Like if he had preached, if he had taught, if he had died, and then didn't rise again after three days, he, he wouldn't have been the son of God. Like the fact that he rose from the grave actually validifies his claim to being the son of God, right? And so Jesus dying on that cross, he gives us eternal life. We don't need a dead Christ. We need an everlasting father that will love us, will care for us for all time. How does this affect us today? A good father wants to bless you and give you good things. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not! So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give gifts to those who ask of him we have a good father in heaven that wants to give if simple people can give give good gifts how much more can our heavenly father who loves you who cares for you wants to give you good gifts the issue is not his gift giving the issue is our receiving like i said i've got three kids i am a highly affectionate father right i I had great parents uh uh they i had i have they're still here they're still alive Uh, They've been a little bit sick this last week. They're at home watching online. So hello, hello, mommy, daddy. Uh, But I have great parents. They show me a lot of love and a lot of affection. But like my affection level, just when I am very affectionate with my children, I really love my children. And each one of my kids, they've all responded differently. Uh, My eldest one, Hope, until the age of three and a half years old, I used to have to bribe her. Uh, with anything in order to get a hug from her. She would never give me a hug. Broke my heart. Because this is my first, you know, my firstborn. I was so excited. My, my baby girl. I'd give her a Yakult just to get a hug. She'd be like, Daddy, Yakult, Yakult, Yakult," right? And I'd be like, hug. Hug. And she'd go like this. All uh, right? And then I'd give her a Yakult. But then something happened at three and a half years old. I, I was loving. I was giving everything. And she would always resist, always resist. Something just snapped in her head at three and a half years old. And it was just like the lights came on. She's like, oh, I have a wonderful dad. And it just, since then, three and a half years old, the last nearly five years, she's so affectionate, she's loving, she gives me kisses, we talk, we're just the best of friends. Sienna, my middle one, has always been really cuddly with me, right? Always, ever since she was a little baby, she's always been super cuddly, and, and that just fills my love tank. I'm, I'm, I'm touch for love, right? Anyone else touch for love, right? Any men here? Like, I'm love... I need, I need hugs and stuff, uh, and my wife is wonderful, uh, but sometimes she's tired, you know? And so it's great. My children give me hugs and, and love me. <laughs> Merry Christmas, babe. And uh, So Sienna's good. Aslan, Aslan, now he's an interesting run, right? Because uh, uh, he's, he's now four and a half years old, and up until about three weeks ago, he didn't care that I was his dad. Uh, <laughs> In fact, some of you morning people uh, wouldn't know this, but in the afternoon, we we had our service in the afternoon during Legacy a few weeks ago, and Aslan decided uh, that in the middle of me emceeing on the stage explaining Legacy, he was going to stand up and start running around the church, right? We had a big aisle at the middle. He got up, he started running. I said, Aslan, come back, and he looked at me. He's like... (laughs) And he started doing hot laps around the church, Right? Now, I'm angry at this point, but, you know, the whole church is in front of me. I can't, I can't, you know, do anything, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, that's, a, that's it, that's it, right? So he starts running, Kate gets up, starts running after him, going around. Everyone thinks it's funny, oh, go Pastor Kate, go Pastor Kate! She's like running, she, she's trying to do the run, but with that, like, <laughs> right she's trying to run and he's he's doing hot laps right he ends up running back down the middle of the aisle I come out here with the microphone and he he sees me and he tries to run and avoid me so he tries to cut the corner I reach down grab him I coat hanger him around his neck and his shoulder right his legs fly up he starts crying "Ah!" right in my head, all I wanted to do was preach on contraception at that moment. <laughs> Look at this, teenagers! Look! Right, but I didn't. I withheld. I withheld, right. <laughs> he starts screaming. Kate, ru- Kate grabs and starts walking. He's screaming. Everyone's laughing. Oh, dude, dude, lion, huh? He starts yelling, It's not funny! He's yelling at people as he's walking. He's like, Mom, stop them laughing at me, right? Like, but what's crazy is literally the next day, I'm not lying. This is like three weeks ago. Something clicked in my son after I publicly humiliated him. <laughs> He had it a lot better. When I was a kid, my dad walked off the stage once while he was preaching with microphone in hand and not a wireless, with the wired microphone in hand. My dad got off the stage once, put it, kicked it around, came down, spanked me twice and came back on stage without without stopping, without missing a beat. Pastor Chap was there when it happened. I'm like, son, you're lucky it's not the 80s. That's all I'm saying, right? But something clicked in my son, right? And in the last three weeks, here's, here's what's amazing. Something just clicked in him, and he's, it's almost like he's just realized that he's got the coolest dad on the earth. And, and I, I, I'm, I, like I'm not exaggerating this. In the last three weeks, something has clicked, and my relationship with my son has just, it took him a little bit longer than the girls, but it's just like, me and him are now, we're now best friends, right? He loves flags and countries. We're learning about all the flags of the world. And we do this stuff. Here's the point I'm trying to make. My love for my son was always there. He just didn't choose to accept it. And in the last three weeks, since he's chosen to accept my love, our relationship has just gone to a new level. We're spending more time together. Before, I try and put him to sleep. He's like, okay, Dad, you can go. Can you get Mommy? Right? That was it. Do you know come on parents have you ever had that you know how much that hurts you it's like i love my wife but what the hell man like you can't want and but then now he's not asking for me to leave right there's and so he's getting he's actually getting the fullness of my love as his dad because he's not rejecting it and he's not pushing it away that is our everlasting father His love is just waiting to be poured out. The question is, do we want to receive it? Do we actually want to open up our arms and say, God, I I receive your love? There's nothing the Bible tells us. There's nothing that you can do. Nothing that can separate you from the love of the Father. Paul writes it in the book of Romans. There's nothing. Height, depth, angels, demons. No matter how terrible of a person you think you are or what you've done is so bad, there is nothing that can separate you from his love. It's just like there's a bucket waiting to be poured out, but you've got to receive it. He is our everlasting father. Accept the gift of his love and the gift of his eternity. last thing that, that Isaiah prophesies is he calls Jesus the prince of peace. Oh, I love this. The prince of peace. You know, because he's the prince, it means that he's the ruler of peace. And there is nothing in this world that compares to the peace of Jesus. The, the world is in turmoil. Everywhere I look, and I'm, I'm not trying to be the speaker of doom, but the world is just pretty crazy at the moment. And let's face it, it's been crazy for a long time. It's always been crazy, but it, just seems to be amplified more because of social media. We can now see everybody's craziness and it's plastered all over the world. Things are happening every day in our city, our nation all around us. You know, last week we discovered that the Holy Spirit that we have living inside of us is actually the spirit of Jesus. So, with that in mind, Galatians chapter 5:22, the fruit of the spirit, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, right? What's in there? Peace. So the Holy Spirit produces peace in our life. If Christ is in you, he can produce peace. Let's look at how Jesus lived. In the middle of storms, when everybody else is freaking out, what's Jesus doing? Mark chapter 4, he's sleeping in the stern of the boat, and the Bible even goes as far as to say he's sleeping on a cushion. That's how chilled Jesus is. In the middle of a storm, he's sleeping on a cushion a boat. In the middle of being accused, if you read the story of Peter denying that he knows Christ, Christ is standing there. They're hurling insults at him. They're hurling abuse at him. And the Bible is very clear that Jesus doesn't say anything. In the middle of being arrested and taken and beaten, he doesn't fight back. He has the power to call down angels. He doesn't do anything but just stands there utter peace. Never, ever fought back peace of Christ doesn't mean that everything is going well in your life it's one of the worst lies that's been sold through tele evangelists from around the world is that somehow they promise you that with Jesus everything's going to be okay no 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 with Jesus everything is not going to be okay what Jesus does is he makes you okay Everything's not going to be great with Jesus in your life, but here's the thing. He's going to make you great in the midst of everything else going around. Things aren't going to be perfect. I'm telling you, they're not going to be perfect at all, but Jesus comes and through our imperfection. He actually makes us perfect in his eyes. Peace of God may not change your situation, but it will every single time change you. When you introduce Jesus into a situation, things change. When Jesus was introduced into the storm, what happened? The storm calmed down. When Jesus was introduced to people who were sick, what happened? People got healed. When Jesus was introduced to demons, demons representing the, the height of turmoil and confusion, they were cast out. They would screech and yell because they knew the power of Jesus. What, what does this mean for us today? Today it means... That we can live with the power of the Prince of Peace. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I overuse this, especially when I pray for people. Don't worry about anything, it says. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. So is there anyone here that has, be honest with me, You've got a little bit of worry or anxiety about just anything in life right now. Stick up your hand. I'm gonna stick up my hand because I got a little bit of anxiety about a couple of things in my life, right? Good. I'm glad I'm talking to the majority. So, this is what Paul instructs us to do. He says, hey, instead of freaking out, worrying, thinking about all that kind of stuff, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to God, I want you to pray. I want you to thank him for everything he's done in the past. Acknowledge what he's done in the past. If he did it before, he can do it again. Acknowledge it. And then this is what's going to happen. This is the promise that's going to happen. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is one of my, my favorite verses to actually pray over people. I stopped praying that the peace of God would be with people. I stopped praying this years ago and I started praying this verse. I don't just want the peace of God to come on me. I want the peace of God to begin to protect my heart and protect my mind. I don't want it just on me. I want it as protection. I want the peace of God if you've ever had me pray over you a lot of times I would just pray the same prayer over people God let the peace of God come and let it guard the heart and let it guard the mind why because that's where the enemy attacks he attacks in your minds and in your thoughts and he attacks in your hearts and in your emotions and so the peace of God comes and this is what's beautiful you don't even understand it you can't fully comprehend it I've been in moments where I've experienced the greatest pain that you can experience as a human being in your life. And yet still in that moment, I had peace. I had other Christians come up to me. I lost. Uh, I was married before Kate. And, um, and my wife had passed away nine weeks after our marriage. And it was terrible. It was hard. But, but I still experienced the peace of God in my life. And I had Christians coming up to me. Good. me pastors, dare I say, and they come to me and they'd go, wow, I don't know how you did it. If that had happened to me, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd be happy with God. I don't think I could keep following God if that had happened to me. And firstly, I'd look at them and go, why are you even following God then if you're putting, you know, those things on God? Like you love God because he's God, not because of what he does for you. Right? So firstly, you love God because he's God, not because of the give back that he gives. But secondly, I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, but isn't this the whole point of that verse? That everybody else looks around at you and goes, you shouldn't be responding that well. You shouldn't be doing that well. You, sh- you shouldn't be having a smile on your face. And you sit there like, how is it? And you just go, I just had to get used to saying this. It's just, it's the grace of God. People don't like that. They don't like that answer. No, I want this, the seven steps that you went through. But yeah, I went through seven steps of grief. Don't get me wrong, I went through grief, but it's just the grace of God. It's His peace. I can't fully explain it to you, but in the midst of sadness, I still feel peace. In the midst of a terrible time, I still know that God is with me and that God loves me. I still feel His peace. This is literally what Paul is saying. You're not gonna be able to understand it, but as you live, In Christ Jesus not attend church once a week but as you live in Christ Jesus some of y'all are experiencing turmoil and confusion and voices talking in your head and you think that just coming to church every Sunday is enough can I tell you you need Jesus every single day you need to live in Christ Jesus Paul doesn't say peace will guard your heart and mind as you attend church he says as you live in Christ Jesus Every day with Him being your wonderful counselor. Every day acknowledging His might and His power as your God. Every day knowing that He's your everlasting Father. Then you will encounter the Prince of Peace. You won't be able to fully understand it, but it will guard your heart and it will guard your That's who Isaiah prophesied, that the government would rest on his shoulders. His name will be wonderful. People. Mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. You know, I love what Isaiah said in verse 6. Right at the beginning, he said this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Right? Given to us. My last point for today and we're gonna pray is simply this Jesus was given to us. That's why gifts are pretty special at Christmas, I must admit. Even though we've tried to commercialize them, even though Coca Cola did a wonderful job of commercializing Santa Claus. You know why I do love the idea of gift giving? Because if you, if you realize the true power of gift giving, one, it's a generosity from us, I'm gonna give. But then, two, it's a reminder of what was given to us, which is Jesus. Beautiful, wonderful Jesus was given to us. Born of a virgin, no room in the inn. I saw my children this week do their Christmas presentation. It was wonderful and terrible all at the same time. It was amazing. But I just saw these kids singing about the story of Jesus. This little kid had this big costume on. He was a star. He had this huge star on. And he just stood there the entire show. He just stood there. He did nothing. He just stood there. I saw a side view of him. He had his arms crossed under the star just like that. This beautiful story of Jesus. Jesus is this gift given to us. That's the beauty of Christmas. Maybe you're here today. And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, every time we talk about Christmas, it's it's so hard for me just to focus on Christmas because Christmas and Easter are so attached. The birth of Jesus always had a purpose. And that purpose was Easter. That was always the purpose. Christmas is a bit nicer because we don't have to deal with the gory death on the cross. But even as we celebrate Christmas, we can never separate the purpose of why he was born. And it was so that one day he could go to the cross with peace and he would be nailed to that cross, abused, punched, hit, beaten, so that every sin that you and I had ever done before, that he could take it upon himself and he could defeat the power of the devil. Die and three days later rise miraculously as Jesus our Savior. Maybe you're here today, you've never ever received that gift. That gift, God wants to give it. It's just, the question is, are you going to receive it? You might be watching online and you've never ever made this decision. In a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to worship. And, and I'm going to pray for everyone because I know that each one of us, one of those names of God, you really need right now, Right? Some each one of those names, some of y'all need all four of those names of God right now, but each one. So we're going to pray for that. But before we do that, I have to, I have to give you an opportunity to receive the gift of eternal life from our eternal father, Jesus. So if you're in this room, could you bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you're online, you're listening or watching on replay. You can do this too, wherever you are. You're saying, James, you know, that's me. I've never ever made this decision before. I've never come to know Jesus before I ask him to forgive me of my sin. Or maybe you're here or you're watching, you've never, you, you, you made this decision a long time ago, but you walked away from God and you don't have a relationship with him anymore. I wanna give you a chance to respond. I'm gonna count to three and when I do that, I'd love you to lift your hands nice and high because I wanna pray for you right where you sit. So if that's you on the count of three, saying, James, that's me, I wanna give my heart to Jesus, ask him to forgive me of my sin. If that's you on the count of three, you lift your hands. One, two, three, right now, all over this place. Awesome, hands here. Thank you, Jesus. Hands over here as well. Hands up in the back. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching online, you can just go on and stick your hand up wherever you are. Jesus can see it. He's with you. Thank you, Lord. Hey, if you lifted your hands, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put your hand on your heart right now if you lifted your hand. If you're online, you can do the same thing wherever you're watching from. We're going to pray a prayer. And I, I want us all to say this prayer. Repeat it after me. Uh, it's just a simple prayer reflecting what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 in the Bible. He said that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come to you right now and I ask you to forgive my sin. I believe that you died on the cross, but you defeated death and you rose victorious. So right now I ask, please come into my life please be my wonderful counselor my mighty god my everlasting father and my prince of peace in jesus name i pray amen amen